You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Thursday, February 27th. Happy Lent. Can I say that? Blessed Lent. That's I got, better. I got a text message yesterday. It said Happy Lent. Happy Lent. Yes. I mean, you can still be happy in Lent. I believe so. You can be joyful in Lent. That sounds like a whole segment. It does. Let's save that for another day. I Okay. Two good <laughs> topics on deck. That, that's it. Today is Thursday after Ash Wednesday, mm-hmm. according to Treasury of Daily Prayer. It's, yes, so that is correct. Thursday after Ash Wednesday. <laughs> um, and uh, two good topics on deck today. Uh, we're going to continue our series, wrap up our series uh, with Lutheran Bible Translators on uh, missionaries and Lutheran Bible translation. Looking forward to chatting with the Reverend Rich Rudowski about that today. And uh, also uh, a new film um, addressing the issue of anxiety and mm-hmm. uh, some congregations here in the St. Louis area offering a screening of that. So we'll learn more about that coming up in just, what, the second half of the program. Yes. 15 minutes. Math. <laughs> Notice we never really, well, we did talk about math one day this week, didn't but we? But someone else talked someone about else math, talked and we about learned. Math. That's the way. I like it that way. <laughs> Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today, the Reverend Richard Rudowski, Director for Program Ministries and Chief Operating Officer at Lutheran Bible Translators. Rich, thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. Good morning. Thanks for having me. How are things? Are you in beautiful Concordia, Missouri today? I am, and it is nice. It's starting to warm up. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us about your life as a missionary. Tell us your missionary story. Sure. Um, In uh, 2002, I was a first-year seminary student, and um, there was a young guy named Peter Slayton who just started working for LBT for recruiting, and he was on his first recruiting trip to the seminary, and my wife uh, saw him and uh, without my knowledge made an appointment for us to talk to him (laughs) and I came home we had small kids and she said okay I found a sitter for the kids so I thought we were going on a date but instead we went to talk to this recruiter and um, so my wife is actually the I think uh, is the true missionary she always had the the vision for mission service but uh, we got started um, kind of a long road I actually took a call out of the seminary to uh, Dayton Ohio was a pastor and then we joined LBT after a few years, and uh, we lived in Botswana, uh, in southern Africa, and we helped to start from kind of from scratch uh, Bible translation work among a group of people called the Bakalahari in uh, way out in the Kalahari Desert in Botswana. So we lived in this little village, and um, we had five kids, and uh, my wife and I, and uh, the church, the Lutheran Church, had identified that there was. Um, possibility to work among the Bakalahari, that there was a need for um, language work to kind of break some barriers for the gospel. And uh, uh, it had been about 15 years that they were looking for somebody, and we finally were the ones that got sent out there and uh, lived out there for five years, got the um, process started for Bible translation. That New Testament is going to finish and be dedicated here about this time next year. Mm. So. That's fantastic. How does how does your work, your experience in the field, uh, help you now in in your role, uh, director for program ministries and COO? Yeah, it's it's huge because um, the I like to think of the the director for program ministries role as being a missionary to the missionaries or a pastor to the missionaries, and one of the the most effective ways to be able to do that is to try to relate to the situations they're in. And, and I have been there and lived in um, in 
these same ends of the earth remote locations where where our missionaries go because that's where language work is uh, i've also been there and so can really uh relate to the situations and circumstances therein, uh, the complications or the complexities of uh, partnerships and, and navigating cultural things like you heard about from Michael last week, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are the programs of Lutheran Bible Translators today? Oh, we have, um, well, we're working in about 102 different languages around the world, and those are clustered in, I was actually trying to get the numbers because they just kind of <laughs> shift, but uh, around 45 or 50 different kind of programs, the way we've got them clustered and, and uh, look at them from the the, the budget and, and management standpoint. So we're working in uh, Bible translation in, in uh, multiple of those languages. Um, and some of those, there's also uh, literacy, uh, as those languages um, have generally never previously been written or the written form has never been used in the, the community before. And so the introduction of literacy as a, a way to break down barriers. I mean, most of our ministry is aimed at identifying what are the barriers that the church or people have to accessing scripture and really understanding it and what are the solutions we can work alongside them with to overcome those barriers. Bible translation is often one of those. Uh, Literacy, production of non-print media, recordings or video, um, music, uh, liturgies, um, all kinds of things. So just, uh, yeah, whatever the, the problem is, we try to work with the folks in context to determine what the solution would be. It's really developing resources to connect people with the Word of God in their heart language. That's right. Yep. Yeah, of course, the, the, um, the scriptures are, are um, well, they're complicated, and so to try to navigate mm-hmm. through them in a second or third language is, is difficult. And there are uh, you know, a lot of pastors out there, a lot of folks who are, are Christians who have heard maybe from a from a pastor or from somebody who passed through their village about Christianity and they have a general idea of what it is. But um, we know from our experience, I think especially as Lutherans, where we have the access to God's word and we make a point to be disciplined to interface with it regularly, both in our homes, hopefully, but also um, through the rhythms of, of engaging in worship in our churches and things like that. We know that to the extent that we do that, the Lord blesses us and, and makes our faith stronger and, and deeper. And that's something that really is the the opportunity that we feel is, should be available to anybody who um, you know calls on the name of Christ to, to be able to go deeper in their faith and to deal not only with, uh, of course, the great blessing of life eternal, but um, even to work through the struggles of this life now and how scripture speaks to that now. And you, you really gotta overcome a lot of barriers in scripture to 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 do that you don't want language to be one of those absolutely where are uh, missionaries serving today with lutheran bible translators we work in uh, 16 different countries on every inhabited continent um, quite a bit of it is in in africa uh, west africa southern africa and east and um, out in the pacific islands um, papua new guinea uh, some places in Southeast Asia that we don't normally mention specifically, mm-hmm. and um, and even actually in the United States, uh, there's quite a bit. It's a growing uh, area of language workforce right here at home as well. Mm-hmm. Every inhabited 
continent. I like yes. that qualifier. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, wait, I think there are people in Antarctica now, just not a lot of Lutheran Bible translators there, huh? That's right. We <laughs> think, although we haven't uh, maybe investigated specifically, that they have access to Scripture in a language they understand, but I think it that, might be worth looking into. I think that's a safe assumption. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, they're, they're serving in, in so many places, and now the, the Word of God is being proclaimed and read because of uh, Bible translation projects, like the one that you have been involved in. What's it like to, uh, to see that project now finally reaching its, uh, you know, its, its pinnacle of, of the, the Scriptures being made available to people in their heart language? It, it's really wonderful. The, 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 um, the thing that happens, like with that that project right now is it's still uh, it, even though we've diligently worked in the community and gotten folks together and had them reviewing scripture and things like that the the full effect doesn't really come until um, that finished product is in the hands of the church and the people and being regularly read but um, we're already starting to see uh, folks who are just their eyes open um, we got a, a note from a guy who speaks this Shikalahari language uh, who did his PhD work in theology and and you know so he studied a bunch of stuff but he found himself uh, back home visiting relatives in one of the the local areas where we're working and at one of the places where they were just reading the scripture to kind of test it and he was just astonished about how much more clearly he could grasp things even though he'd been wrestling with them at a PhD level uh, the way it could just go straight to his heart um, was just amazing to him and that's the the thing we see over and over again is that people really it's hard to describe for us because i guess we haven't ever been without it but people the value the intrinsic value they begin to feel when they understand that uh, the god the creator of the universe who loves us and redeemed us cares enough to come down and speak this language that most folks in their history haven't valued uh, so to hear god speak it is is astonishing for them Kind of like Acts chapter two, when people are understanding <laughs> in their own languages. That's fascinating. That's right. So, how can we follow the work of Lutheran Bible translators today? Keep up with what's going on. The projects like this. Uh, the best way is to follow us on social media: uh, Facebook, Twitter, or uh, Instagram. Um, Lutheran Bible Translators, or at LBT Org, I think is the Twitter one. Um, so that we have great social media and they're always posting stuff so folks that like social media and follow that you can get like a daily update of stuff going on and glimpses uh, also our website lbt.org has a, a wealth of information and access to various resources that you can subscribe to um, ways to get involved in uh, praying for folks or giving or for those who may feel the call to go and be a missionary um, information about how to get that process started too and there are still places that we need to do that for sure uh, to send folks so lbt.org um, you can find it's a one-stop shop for following lbt the reverend rich radowski director for program ministries and chief operating officer lutheran bible translators thanks so much for being our guest today on the coffee hour thank you guys have a great day coming up in just a little bit take a look at an upcoming film uh, to address the issue of anxiety. A couple of churches here in the St. Louis area offering a screening of it. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Eddie Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. <laughs>